Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Back Truck Up Podcast. I'm James Rooster Bowen. I'm here with Justin Super Trucker Martin. And before we get started, I want to thank OTR Solutions for sponsoring this podcast. Their factoring programs and solutions taking supporting trucking companies to a whole new level. I could do a whole podcast on everything these guys bring to the table and the success stories that come from working with them. But for now, head on over to otrsolutions.com slash BTU to learn more, connect with our dedicated BTU team. Justin, how are you doing today, sir? Doing all right. Slept like a baby. How about yourself? Oh, man. I had the worst jalapeno poppers yesterday. <laughs> uh, these were, I'm not going to say where I bought them from, but I've had the upset stomach all day in literally just bad, bad case of upset tummy. You know, this is like beyond Pepto-Bismol, but I'm going to make it. I want to make it. Jalapenos are like a double-edged sword because nine out of ten peppers will be just fine, but you got one with like some kind of weird Diablo seed in it, and you're just you're going to be it, hurting for a day. <laughs> uh, I think this guy got crossbred with some with some Carolina Reapers. These things were bad. <laughs> but today, luckily, we have a doctor in the house, so I'd like to introduce Karen Underwood. Uh, she is the co-founder. of Chief Medical Officer, officer of Resana, a med tech company focused on sleep health. Dr. Underwood, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Hi, James and Justin. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. And and I do have to correct you. The name of our company, because it's <laughs> people oftentimes mess it up. It's called Resonia. Mm. And, uh, Resonia. We, Resonia. So I would, you know, I'd never live it down if I didn't correct that. Uh, so, but yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you here today. And I'm sorry to hear about your jalapeno poppers. That's awful. Yeah, I mean, we were having, we had steak and, you know, I like to have some jalapeno poppers with them, you know, it's kind of like, well, what we do and it's, uh, these were like the worst, world's worst. But talking about a terrible subject that truck drivers deal with every day, uh, obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, before my trucking career began, I was actually a, phar- a pharmacy technician at uh, one of the local hospitals here in South Georgia and uh, dealt with a lot of uh, respiratory medications. I'm an asthma sufferer, so, you know, albuterol was my best friend through my childhood. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, kind of knew what I was getting into when I got diagnosed with sleep apnea upon uh, getting hired on at Schneider. They uh, have their drivers about about two months going for a uh, sleep apnea test, basically, you know, just parking the truck overnight with the, you know, the the infinity gauntlet of sleep apnea on your hand. You sleep with it, you take it off, they check it, and, you know, if you have it or not, you get a nice little box of uh, uh sleep apnea machine, a hose, and some uh, documentation to do. But here recently, we've seen uh, some legislative efforts going into Congress about uh, focusing more on sleep apnea, possibly making it a mandate for all drivers to have to have a, a check for the for sleep apnea. So we kind of want to have an expert come on to the show and talk with us about it, uh, Justin and I both are sleep apnea uh, patients. We have the machines at the house, and you know, every time we get our CDL medical card, we have to take that print out or show the app on the phone to the doctor to get get it 
certify that we are following protocols and, you know, make sure we wear it. You know, I believe the standard is, what, six hours a night? Yeah, it's like four hours a night or 70% of the nights. When I, when I show them my results, you know, I, I am a, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the, I'm a CPAP evangelist. Uh, drivers are going to hate me, but I, I, I use mine every night. Um, never missed a night if I can. Um, then when I had my, my son two years ago, um, <laughs> it's like every parent's worst nightmare. You, you don't get enough sleep, but even, even with the results I was sending to the doctors at the time for my, um, DOT physicals, they're still like, Oh wow, you're getting, you know, six, four, four to six hours a night with it every night. I was like, yeah, I never, never miss a night with it. Um, so Rooster, I want to ask you questions. Do you think it's like a chicken or the egg thing? Like when I went through Schneider back in 07, 08, like, you know, I knew drivers that had CPAP machines and so they kept them in the trucks, but there wasn't like a company wide mandate, uh, for testing drivers. When did you get hired with Schneider? Was that like a new thing with them? Uh, if this was 16 and 17 when I got hired on and it was hmm. mandate, it was, okay insurance company mandate you're going to go get it tested or you're going to get shut down and if you refuse to go get tested they're going to terminate you they did not want anybody with a chance to have app yeah this was back at the beginning of the nuclear verdicts and a couple of those nuclear verdicts were tied to sleep apnea so you know the writing was on the wall then as soon as those million dollar payouts were coming yeah. out out of the bank accounts from drivers having accidents and falling asleep behind the wheel and you know, it's you're going to get it done or we're going to find somebody else to fill that seat. If I'm not mistaken, that's actually the time when Schneider first started doing their their sleep apnea program. They've written up a lot of their results, um, you know, how they've decreased their number of accidents and they've decreased their turnover and their medical costs. So I think you must have been right there at the beginning of all of that. When yeah, that was... Uh... I believe that was, I'm trying to think the company they had out of, uh, I don't know if it was out of Houston, that respiratory, the RMS respiratory monitoring services out of Houston, I believe was the company we were using at the time. But yeah, it was like, you know, every three months you would get like a little gift box from them and it'd be like a new hose, filters, uh, cleaning solution, all that good stuff to make sure everything was all right. And like every year they would send you another, uh, the humidifier tank, you know, that if you use the humidifier, the humidifier. Yeah. Yep. Well, it was paid by insurance. So, you know, they didn't, they didn't care. It was covered by the insurance policy. Exactly. I, so I paid all that out out of pocket. Basically I was a contractor at the time when I got tested. So this was 2015 ish. And our insurance, so even though we were postal contractors, um, we had to buy our own insurance uh, outside of the postal service. And it was just terrible. It was like $700 a month with a $7,000 deductible. It's just nothing was covered. It was it was absolute crap. And then, of course, once I joined the postal service, we had excellent insurance. But I still never, I don't think I've ever used my insurance to, pot, to pay for CPAP supplies. I always just went straight on Amazon to buy everything and rooster and I were actually just the other day talking uh, uh yeah i can't find let's, any hoses now let's get into that I don't know if you can, uh, yeah so i have two like we were talking earlier before the podcast i have two cats and uh, one of them decided to chew a bunch of holes in my uh, cpap hose oh, no. and exactly i was like oh well that sucks no problem pull up my my iphone and uh start typing on amazon and i cannot find cpap hoses anywhere on there there's like a generic hose that i don't think is going to fit my machine 
But do you know what the heck's going up with Amazon not selling hoses at the moment? Oh, there I do used not. To be like- I mean, I know. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just was going to say we, we have some other partners that we use. And maybe I could give you those names afterwards and look and see. Because that's crazy that you can't find a hose. Yeah, I, I could get um, replacement masks, cushions, headgear, um, filters, everything. Except the machines themselves. Because obviously you need, to, you need a uh, prescription for those. But as far as like supplies and stuff, um, yeah, I never had a problem going on Amazon and buying them. And, and I can't think how far back it's been into effect, but at least since like this last week, I tried to go on Amazon. And for now, I can still buy replacement cushions. Um, but as far as the hoses, they're all gone. So now I got to go to, you know, there's, uh, so I live in New Jersey, um, CPAP shop, I think they're called. They're based in uh, mm-hmm. a town just an hour west of me. But I mean, still, the it's like twice as expensive and it's two to three days shipping. I ordered it uh, Thursday night and here it is Tuesday afternoon. Still not here. Amazon, I would I would have had it same day or next day for cheaper. <laughs> I know Amazon is redoing like their healthcare services. I think they're starting up like this Amazon clinic. So I don't know if they they stop selling that way they can brand it with the Amazon brand, then go to selling it. But hmm. yeah, that's where I got my last hose, my blackout hose, and it's you know one of those real high quality, heavy gauge air hoses, but. You can't find anything now, and what you can find it when you try to buy it, it says, "Are you a, you know, health? Are you a healthcare professional?" You know, I don't know yeah. if it's something restricted on that end. You know, of uh, uh, respiratory equipment, it's kind of a monitored industry, so I don't know if there's something going on there. I'm I'm kind of glad now that I didn't know about that during F3. Otherwise, I would have like pulled some of those Amazon people aside and said, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, <laughs> they have absolutely nothing to do with it. Strongly but. <laughs> worded letter. We'll be going to Amazon trying to find out what's going on here. But uh, some uh, other questions I want to talk with you, Doctor, about other than the nuclear verdicts and stuff like that. What really caused sleep apnea to hit mainstream? You know, I know we've we've I think it's been what about ten years we're really seeing sleep apnea hit hit the mainstream and start being on the evening news. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, mainstream, uh, it, I mean, we've kind of see it in mainstream medicine too, not just mainstream, probably for the trucking industry. But I think as we have had more medical societies start to um, request or they're, they're starting to say that you need to screen for sleep apnea, like the American College of Cardiology told cardiologists, you need to start screening for sleep apnea of your patients because there's so many, there's such a correlation between rhythm problems, for example, and heart failure and sleep apnea. We've also seen the American Dental Association has told their dentists, you need to be screening your patients for sleep apnea every year. So I think there's probably several things. And as, as we have an aging population, uh, the, the it's kind of a linear relationship. As you get older, there's more sleep apnea associated there. So I think there's several things that's just kind of letting people realize we can't really, you can't really ignore it anymore. There's so many other, you know, diabetes and obesity are, are tied together with sleep apnea and those incidences are going up. So it's kind of, all you know all meshed in there it's funny you said you see it more on the evening news i see a lot of it just in like pop culture stuff now a lot of like sitcoms and movies and stuff they'll have characters that you know are wearing cpap masks and stuff i i'm like kind of torn because like i said earlier like i i 
use my machine all the time and I enjoy it. But at the same time, like I see the push that they're trying to do. They're trying to get everybody to do it. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, fine, get tested, but at least let it be like your choice. I, I'm not a fan of, you know, companies mandating from on high, or at least if they're going to mandate it, you know, cover, cover the costs. You know, if you're, if you're pushing it on your employees, you should be footing the bill for that if you think it's worth it. Well, and it's, I'm sure you guys, you know, both of you talked a little bit about the process that you had to go through to get, get tested. And it's not easy, you know, Mm -mm. I mean, it can be quite uh, complicated or onerous and depending on where you are as a driver to be able to have to go somewhere and pick up a machine. Uh, And then you try to sleep, like you said, if you're all, if you have all these (laughs) sensors on you and you try to have a normal night's sleep, it's almost impossible. Yeah, so let me. I'll I'll go through my experience. So I I was a local driver at the time. I was I was fortunate that I lived in Philadelphia, and there was you know a Jefferson Sleep Clinic just up the street for me. Um, awesome clinic, great doctors, and so they they go through and um. Well, let me let me start with this. So, so my girlfriend at the time, but now my wife, she was complaining about her not getting enough sleep because I was sleeping so poorly through the night, you know, snoring and pausing, not breathing, that she was just terrified that I was going to drop dead sitting next to her. And then, um, I had always grown up, you know, I was a big guy, always snored. My, both my parents were heavy sleepers, but, um, I would have friends tell me like, no, dude, you don't snore. You're, you're like a, a volcano going off. And I, you know, to me, I was like, it was funny. And then when I, um, finally went to the clinic at the best of my girlfriend, um, the doctors there were like, okay, we're going to do like a, a easy physical on you. And then we're going to ask your insurance for permission. If you can get a sleep study here, which I thought was nuts you gotta you know you have to ask instead of asking the doctor what the doctor wants to do the doctor has to ask ask the insurance company what they can do and of course the insurance company denies you they, they say like 99 percent of all requests from the clinic to insurance companies get denied for an in-clinic sleep study test so they so they send you home with a home study test and it was either one night or two nights i, I don't remember but I, I slept with the um instrument panel on my chest and some wires and air hose up to my nose and of course slept like shit get the SD card back to them the next, the next afternoon. And, uh, I mean, right, right there, they, they put it in the computer and they have like this whole graph chart and everything of all my sleep results. And she asked me, can you, she's like, how long do you think you can hold your breath? And I was like, I don't know. She's <laughs> like, do you think you can hold it for a minute? And I said, uh, probably like, I, you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable, but I, you know, I probably could. And she's like, check this out. She zooms in on this, on this chart on their computer. And she's like, you stop breathing for a minute here 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 like all through the night i was just like not breathing i was like holy shit and i was waking up with like horrific headaches um so at the, i was driving every day from philadelphia to uh virginia and back uh every day was like a 14 hour day so i was probably only sleeping five hours a night and then i would try to catch up on my sleep on my days off and even on my days off my quality of sleep was so poorly they were like you were doing more damage to yourself sleeping in longer trying to catch up on your on your sleep because my my blood oxygen level was like below 80 percent and uh yeah so gave me gave me um sent a guy sent a tech to my house with the machine mask we set it all up they found a mask to fit me right and within like two or three days it was just like the fog was lifted i i I reckon i noticed like i stopped falling asleep on the couch (laughs) all the time uh i could like stay up and watch movies all the way through um my girlfriend eventually became my wife because she stopped threatening to uh, break up with me because I wasn't falling asleep all the time anymore. So 
<laughs> that was nice. No, the machine absolutely, it absolutely saved my life. Um, and I, I think anyone who feels like they're not sleeping as well as they, they, they should be definitely should be, you know, tested and, and follow their doctor's advice. Um, you know, yeah, you're I, like the poster child of, yeah. <laughs> of sleep apnea, right? Cause you had, <laughs> yeah. you had all the symptoms, um, yeah. and without even realizing it. And, you know, it, it's funny cause a lot of times we, we talk about sleep apnea being a two person disease because mm-hmm. like your girlfriend, right? She couldn't yep. get, she couldn't get sleep. <laughs> so she, you both are suffering. And there's a new term that we've now seen kind of surfacing in social media and it's called a sleep divorce. Have mm. you guys heard that? No, but I, I definitely, uh, I, 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 I can see I can where this is what going. <laughs> right. So it's because it's because of this, right? They're like, I'm not going to sleep with you anymore because I can't get sleep either. So yeah. I'm so glad you, you decided to go get it checked out and that you feel better. I mean, that's, that's, you know, perfect. And that's one of the reasons, you know, like, uh, for Resonia, we had four medical doctors come together and we'd all been involved in different, different specialties, different things we're doing. And we came together and we said, what can we do to have a huge impact on, you know, the medical community? And we all realized that the sleep apnea and sleep industry just was kind of messy and it just needed some disruption. And that's, that's where we, we realized that it, it underlies like untreated sleep apnea underlies so many different medical diseases that if you mm-hmm. don't get sleep apnea treated, you're never going to have good sleep and you can't adequately treat these other diseases. So he said, okay, what can we do to try to make an impact? And so we start looking at the testing process and we're like, okay, that's gotta be, be improved, you know? So we, we put our heads together and we hired some really smart people and we, we developed a home sleep test that's just deployed on your phone. So you don't have to be hmm. strapped to anything. So you could just sleep in your bed. And so that's, that's what we were trying to do and help, you know, specifically think about drivers too. I mean, how can you do it on your time and your schedule mm-hmm. to make it easy as possible? So if it's just on your phone, how is it like, an, is it just picking up your sleeping through the microphone? It is, it is. So it's, it's you, you download an app and you put in, you answer some questions, make a profile. And then when you're ready to sleep, you hit a button and it accesses the phone's microphone. So it's actually, you know, cause as you know, sleep apnea is a sleep breathing problem, right? You're not yeah. breathing when yeah. you're sleeping, like you said. So we're picking up that. And then we have this algorithm that is analyzing your sound files in the cloud. And then that gives you your own personal report in the morning. And the results are pretty comparable to like what you would see versus like a, a clinic test that I have. Yeah, or they are. We actually went through the FDA clearance process. So we had to actually demonstrate that it was just as accurate as an in-lab hmm. test. And, you know, as you could imagine, something this disruptive, it took a while. We had to, we had, um, you yeah. know, we had to go through a clinical study and we had to do all of this. But in the end you know, now we're happy we made it through that process. And now we're just getting, you know, kind of in the early days of launching to drivers to make it easier for them to get tested if they want to, or if they need to. Yeah, that's, so that was gonna be my next question is how hard has it been for you guys to like approach drivers and be like, hey, we're here to, we're not like some, you know, 
it's it's so easy for drivers to get like caught conspiratorially in this stuff because it's like when you're getting five different people and organizations and everything coming at you saying get this done it's like you know if depending on your kind of personality you have you could you could easily push back and be like uh no you know it, it, if this many people are trying to tell me to get it done it's like no i want to do what i want to do how, how hard has that been to like be approachable to drivers and say like hey we're actually on your side on this well and i think it it's it's early days and I think we're making progress, but, you know, being on shows like yours to be able to say, Hey, we, you know, we're doctors who are, who, who did this. And all we want is for the drivers to be healthy. We're not here mm-hmm. to mandate yeah. to you what to do, but because I mean, it's the same, whether it's drivers or other patients, you have to make the process as easy as possible. You have to reduce barriers or people aren't going to go get tested. I mean, it takes forever for people to, to get tested normally, I mean, they usually have sleep apnea for years before they get tested because it's painful. Yeah. You know, it's, it is. it is. So trying to reduce those barriers yeah. and yeah. say, let us help you. Let us, you know, whenever you're ready or if your medical examiner says you need to have a sleep test, think about doing one that you don't have to have shipped to you and you can just download it on your phone. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. And then it's private and they just, you Mm -hmm. know, to be able to use something that you have in your pocket all the time is, is something that's very helpful. I think. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like there's a lot of uh, doctor's offices out there with, with truck parking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I mean, it, you have the convenience on your phone. You can do it anywhere. You don't have to figure out where to put your truck, how to get to the clinic, how to get, back to your truck uh the loss of pay of having to take a day off to do it so i mean it's a a great idea a great product uh you know we've talked about you know as justice said snoring the headaches he had are there any any other warning signs of sleep apnea i've always heard the big neck you know uh, i I believe it's what a uh, 14 to 15 inch neck and above you may have sleep apnea are there any other warning signs to look for? Well, yeah. And you know what, if we, if we just kind of go back to making sure everybody understands what sleep apnea is first, then some of the warning signs kind of make more sense. So with sleep apnea, it's the upper airway, kind of the neck and above closing off when you sleep. And so that makes it so you can't breathe properly. So you're not breathing in oxygen properly. And that's where Justin, you were talking about your oxygen levels go down. Yeah. And then you don't breathe out. You're not exhaling carbon dioxide. And that's what causes your morning headaches is that you have this buildup of the carbon dioxide. And so that is what can occur over time over and over again. And so they talk about a big neck and maybe your weight being up as, 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 um, you know, being associated with sleep apnea. And that's basically just because you'll have more tissue around the neck that can cause that to collapse down when you sleep. But there's other things too. So as we get older, our tissues are not as, they don't have as much tone as normal. So that's why you see an increase in sleep apnea just as you age. Um, If you have a small jaw, so I actually have sleep apnea, I have mild sleep apnea, and I have a small jaw. And so I wear an oral appliance and that kind of brings my jaw open, you know, forward a little bit to keep my airway open. And so it's those sorts of kind of airway um, issues or abnormalities. And then we know that, that when you have other diseases, 
if that um, kind of other organ diseases, if you're not getting enough oxygen in when you sleep, then it's impairing your heart, your pancreas, even your brain. You're not thinking properly. You have a risk of stroke. All those things are happening with sleep apnea. So I think you probably touched on, I mean, Justin, you probably touched on most of them with the the snoring, uh, really your, whoever you're sleeping with, your bed partner will say that I'm worried that you are not breathing. Like you stop Mm -hmm. breathing or choking. Uh, you'll be tired during the day. Um, and sometimes I find that people don't think they're tired during the day, but you're drinking a ton of caffeine to stay awake. And it's not until you get treated feel better. Right. That then you're like, Oh God, I was really bad. (laughs) What was, what was, what was most eye-opening for me was I'm at the I'm in the waiting room at this clinic and I'm looking at all there's like God probably 15 of us in there because it's just like you're in and out within 20 minutes for just just the initial appointment so I'm looking at everybody else in there and it's like everybody from all ages races walks of life and everything but we all have the same like just exhausted look in our eyes and I'm like, <laughs> oh mm-hmm. I found my people <laughs> you found your exhausted people yeah hopefully like, you all come back and you're better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with, with me, it was, they sent me home for the, te- with the test, came back, got the machine hooked up and then I did a follow up. Um, I believe 30 days later. And since then, you know, it's, I haven't had to like check in with anybody. I, pr- I probably, I mean, it's been years since I've had to go back there. Um, but I probably should, I, I d- <laughs> again, having a, having a two year old now, it's really hard to still be as active as, uh, <laughs> as you yeah. were, but I, the, that's the word I'm thinking of here. The, the symptoms really of sleep, sleep apnea, they're kind of accumulative because like in your early 20s, you know, sure you're a snorer, but it's fine. But then like you get in your late 20s and early 30s and then things really start to compound. For me, it was like I, I shot up 20 pounds within a couple of months and then like then the headaches and it was just like boom, 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 one thing after another. And all of that stopped as soon as, as soon as I got the CPAP machine, you know, um, within like six months, I dropped 50 pounds, sleeping a lot better, eating better. But it's with without the machine to really kickstart, you know, the the weight loss and everything. It's so hard to even just get the motivation to do it in the first place because you're you're so tired and brain fatigued and brain fogged. You just you don't even know what's going on at the time. Yeah, you know that's it's interesting that you say that too because the sleep apnea too messes around with your hormones, so it makes mm-hmm. you so that you don't, um, you don't feel full as quickly as you normally would. And you're craving high sugar foods. So then that's kind of screwy and out of balance. And then that makes you gain weight. So, and then you're tired. Like you said, you don't have the energy. So you're like, how the heck can I go work out or go walk or something? Cause I don't feel like it. And then it's not until you get treated that then those things start to reverse and then you start to feel better. And it's a luckily a domino effect kind of the other way too. Yeah. You know, so that's good. I'm glad to hear that your experience has been positive. Yeah. I I noticed an an instant um, change when, um, so every day I was going from Philadelphia to Ashland, Virginia and back on my route. And right before you get to Washington, DC, there's a rest area. And every day I, I just pull into that rest area and uh, catch like a 15, 20 minute snooze because I was just too damn tired to, to keep going. And then uh, once I had yeah. the CPAP for about a week, I, I realized like, oh, I don't have to stop here anymore. Oh, I can actually just keep going and do my whole route. And then, and then it's like once you once you get like the, the mental clarity of like just how bad it was before you got fixed, you're just like, how the hell am I still alive? 
Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, uh, it's just because you're because you're a truck driver. You know, when you're when you feel the um, so one thing one thing I was always very uh, tuned into was like the micro sleeps. You know, if you're if you're driving and you're fatigued and you start like you know missing mile markers and you're, you're counting them in your head and stuff, that's when I'm like, okay, pull. I, I never mess with that. I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, I'm gonna power through and I'm gonna chug a gallon of coffee and make it. It's like, no. But as soon as I felt that, I pull over. 15 minute snooze and then I'm good to go for another couple hours. Um, but I, I kind of noticed that I was doing that more and more um, as I was getting older. And I was like, nope, nope. Got to, got to put a stop to this. All right. Uh, get my thoughts together on it. Uh, doctor, uh, sleep apnea. We, treatments are usually with the, the mask over face, the CPAP devices. Uh, also, I see on television, there's like these little gimmick devices, you know, that like goes up on, on your nose. And I don't know if it's like a, a battery power blower or something that, you know, helps you awake or, and there's also a, like a surgical appliance they put in. I don't know if it's like in, inside of your throat. Uh, do you know of any of those devices and you know how they operate? Yeah, I do. Now the, the kind of the gimmicky ones that you talk about, some of those will actually try to dilate, you know, open up your, your nose and your nasal airway. And those are not really treatments for, uh, you know, the real sleep apnea, I'd say, because um, it really doesn't help open up the airway. The If you've been watching TV at night, you'll see a lot of commercials for that surgical, uh, the surgical procedure. And what happens with that is that you, you can't, that's a, that is a, uh, a surgery that you can only get if you're not able to use or tolerate CPAP. But it's like a pacemaker for this nerve that runs down your neck. So it stimulates that nerve that then stimulates the muscles in the back of your neck to open it up at night. Oh, and okay. so I think they're having pretty good um, outcomes with that, but it's still a surgical procedure. And so you have to kind of go through you have to be diagnosed with sleep apnea. Then you have to say, I can't tolerate or I can't wear CPAP. And then you go through more testing to say that you're a candidate for that, that procedure. If you haven't gone to otrsolutions.com slash BTU yet, here's your reminder. Not sure how to say it, but factoring these guys just makes sense. They're focused on driving your success and helping you grow your company. They've gone as far as offering custom business email address setups so you can negotiate better rates with brokers. There's just so much opportunity out there, and OTR is your ticket to success. So head on over to otrsolutions.com slash btu and check out their solutions. I don't think so. I don't like having my mask on because it messes up my beard in the morning. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think I'd go the surgical route. <laughs> I don't. Although, yeah. although it's, it's it's tempting. It's a little <sighs> tempting. Yeah, I think that that's you know. I think they reserve that for the most. Uh, kind of the worst case scenarios sometimes because, you know, there, there are side effects and, and issues mm. with surgeries and anesthesia and all those things. Yeah. So I, I'm like you, I usually like to wait in case to do something like that until it's absolutely necessary. Well, something that was really eye opening me for me at the clinic was the, um, all the different types of sleep apnea. So it's not just like a physical thing too. There's, there's like a neurological CPAP too, where some people just, you know, their, their brains not sending the signal for them to breathe in, in, uh, during, during the night while they're sleeping. 
Yeah. So I, I, is that is that what this kind of procedure is, is to help treat? No, you know, um, so the, the most common sleep apnea that we've been talking about is called obstructive sleep apnea. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, where your airway is obstructed or, or narrowed off. There's a a central sleep apnea like you're talking about. Yep, when yep. Usually in medicine, we talk about central. It's kind of the brain. So the brain's not uh, telling you to breathe. So then you can still wear a CPAP, but sometimes it's got to have uh, maybe like a rate or it's got to monitor how often you're breathing so that it'll give you breaths if you're not breathing properly. And then you can have a mixed type. So you can have both, um, yeah. a little bit of the obstructive plus the central sleep apnea. Um, but the good thing is usually the CPAP and the machines usually work for both of them. It just might take a little bit different settings. You know, the doctor might have to just set it a little bit differently with different rates or pressures. That uh, gimmick nose thing that Rooster was talking about earlier, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I, I saw images of that years ago, and I kind of knew back then it was kind of BS because just, just the way that my machine operates, first first they, they set it up to your breathing initially, and then through the night, um, it'll ramp up. So like sometimes you put it on and it, it pushes gently. It's not, you don't put it on and it just starts blowing, you know, into your lungs. It's, it's a gentle push. And then you can always tell sometimes at night, like either your, your head's resting differently or the mask might not be fitting right. But you know, sometimes if, if it is fitting perfectly and you got a perfect night's sleep, when you wake up, it's still just a gentle push. But then other nights, uh, you wake up the next morning and you just, the air is just absolutely blasting. Because you know a, a decent CPAP machine will ramp up uh, the push through the night if as as needed. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I think a lot of these other gimmick machines are just like, nope, we're just going to full blast. You know, air hose or air air. Um, we're going to have an air truck up your nose <laughs> and blow, <laughs> blast out your lungs. Well, and the CPAP machines have become smarter. That's one good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the auto titrating. I'm not sure if that's what you have. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So then it yeah. kind of knows, right? So if there's a night where you're laying on your back and you need more pressure, it'll give you more pressure. Or if you lose weight or something, you don't need as much pressure, it'll ramp it down. So that's the nice mm-hmm. thing. It makes it so it's not as uncomfortable because before, you know, we just had to set an upper and a lower pressure and it would mm-hmm. try to deliver that pressure <laughs> no matter what. And it yeah, was yeah. uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Um, and- so my... So my, my first CPAP machine was the Philips Dream Station. That was the one that was under that huge recall. And I yeah, have no idea. Yeah, let's get into that. How I was able to pull, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got no idea how I was able to pull it off, but I actually got my, my replacement machine. Uh, I believe Rooster knew about it beforehand. And even my mom, she was the one who told me about the recall. Uh, so you know, shout out to all the worried moms out there. Um, she, she told me about the recall, and she has a CPAP machine now too. And I still don't think she's gotten her replacement machine yet. You know, I've had mine for a few months now, and I guess just, you know, with all the craziness in the supply chain and ship shortages now, you know, they still can't get them out fast enough. Can you, do you know anything about what's going on uh, with those? Yeah. So as you said, the, the, just to kind of catch people up if they're, if they're not familiar, you had these CPAP machines that had this foam inside. It was the Philips one and it was not just CPAP machine. It was their ventilators as well. You know, like that mm-hmm. you use in, you know, in the hospitals to breathe for, oh, wow. to breathe for patients. An so APAP, they, like, like the APAP, the APAP ventilator. Yep. Yep. And they had um, this foam that was supposed to make it uh, kind of quieter and to decrease vibration and it started, or at least they said it had the possibility of, of breaking off and getting into your lungs. 
So it was a voluntary recall by Phillips, and now there's a whole FDA page, and you can register your, you know, your your device, and so that's a big deal. And they they recalled all those, so that's a nightmare for them. And so many people were on, and you know, it's Phillips and ResMed are the two big companies, and so almost and half was, the market. Was, was this pre-COVID or right right at the start of COVID? Yeah, it was I'm kind of. To, I'm trying to remember the timing of it. Yeah, I think it was pre-COVID. And then you have all of the, so they're trying to ramp up, uh, they're trying to get rid of all the the ones on the market <laughs> that, that may cause trouble, and then trying to uh, make new machines that doesn't have that problem. And then you, you have supply chain issues with COVID, and then you have this chip shortage, because a lot of the... Yep. The CPAP machines now are these smart CPAP machines that have chips in there that communicate kind of by Bluetooth and wirelessly so you can look at your compliance, right? Your doctor can look at it. How much, How are you doing? You can do it for your DOT physical exams. Here's my compliance. So they all have these chips. So then now you can't get chips. <laughs> so it's a double whammy. And <laughs> People were either stuck with old machines or they couldn't get them at all, or they're using the ones that are supposed to be recalled. And it's even so before I get into it, got even worse for me. I'll, I'll, I'll dig into that later. Um, but as far as anyone was still with, so again, drivers, if you're listening, if you have the uh, Philips Dream Station one, uh, check the serial number on the back of that. And um, I don't just Google Phillips CPAP recall and make sure that uh, serial number isn't, isn't involved in that recall either. Um, so with all these like supply chain issues they're having when there is, is there no way that they can just like send a tech out to you and like disassemble the, the damn thing and put like different foam in there or are they, or is it just a complete enclosed system? No, that they it can't was get inside. Now we oh. have partners that are, you know, that are CPAP suppliers. And so they're telling us now, like some of the small ones were totally shut down. Like their business was just done because they mm. couldn't get any supply to help people. But now they're starting to get the supply back. So people should, but now the, the machines that we're seeing that are starting to come out are not the smart machines with the chips. There's still a, still a shortage of those. Instead of them, they have an SD card that you have to take out and then plug in and get that yeah. read for your compliance. Yeah. See, so that, so mine has that. And this is another thing I'll, I got to tell drivers. If you are one of the lucky few that do get the new machine, do not take your old chip out and put it in the new one because your data gets wiped. That happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was up for, uh, I, I just got the new machine and two months later I was up for a, a DOT physical. And when I took the, I, there's an app on my phone. It, it works great but I can sync my sleep data to my phone and I can print out a, a, a PDF file from my phone or email it to the provider when I get there. And so going for my DOT and I tell them, Hey, I'm part of that stupid recall with Phillips, but I still have the results here for my test, but they would only give me a 30 day card. They wouldn't give me an, a year because I only had like 45 days going back. And I was like, Oh great. I wish I had known that ahead of time. So um, and of course that was right when I joined FreightWave. So I was paying for my DOT out of my, my DOT physical out of my own pocket. <laughs> I didn't have my, uh, employer paying for it anymore. So yeah, if you, if you do get the new machine, either, um, try and get a paper copy of everything you've got already or make a backup uh, before you put it in the, uh, before you put the SD card in the new, in the new machine, cause it will wipe uh, all the old data. Yeah. That's good to know for sure. Cause if you yeah. don't have that 90 days worth of data, they won't give you your card. Yeah, if you're in good health, I don't. Yeah. I've 
I've only ever heard of two years. Two years was the, the longest I ever got a DOT physical for. Um, but with CPAP or with sleep apnea, they, they'll only give you a year, uh, which is kind of annoying. But um, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever gotten a 30 day card. I knew a guy once that had a seven day card. Every seven days he had to go in and get re um, renewed. <laughs> That's a pain. But again, it's like when your employer's paying for it, you don't really you don't really care. Yeah, it's just painful schedule wise. Yeah. Well, we were in the postal service, so it's like you know your your local every day, and the clinics right across the street. So, oh, you know, so and you're on the and you're on, yeah, yeah, and you're on the clock when you get over there. So of course nobody cares. It's <laughs> yeah, test me all you want. <laughs> uh, since we talked about that, we're starting to get into the legal aspects of things of mm-hmm. federal mandates and legislation. They slowly have been popping up. You know, we got a new Congress coming in. Po- quite possibly, we could see some CPAP legislation mandating it that all drivers have to get checked in on it not just if it's a, a voluntary by company uh dr underwood have you heard anything about this and uh can you speculate you know how soon we might see something like this come through congress you know we're watching it we have some members of our team that are you know closely looking at that because as you know it was very close before in 2016 and then, uh, then when we changed administration, then it was stopped. So I don't think we haven't seen anything new. I think it always pops its head up, you know, and that's, that was one of the things that we were talking about, about how could we help drivers if, if that happens, right? Like, cause it's going to be hard for the demand to be met for drivers to be able to get tested. And so we were trying to, you know, with a software like we are, we're trying to make sure that we could handle the volume and help drivers and have connections to doctors and CPAP distributors if we need to, to help. Cause we want drivers to be able to do it. You know, we're not here to mandate to anybody, but if there's going to be a mandate, then it needs to be clear and it needs to be, the drivers need to have a pathway to get, to get uh, the testing in a, in a cost-efficient manner. Because like you were saying, if you have to pay for it yourself, it can be expensive. So yeah. that's what we've been working on is like, how do we help the drivers? And you know, we're trying to make our solution as, as cost-effective as possible. And something I don't understand is like, okay, the people who pass this legislation, do they not realize how many truck drivers there are out there and how few sleep clinics relatively there are? Like they're going to get crushed. Yeah, no, that, that's true. And I think that that's, honestly, where some of the hesitation has been, you know, and you've probably seen those articles where they, um, FMCSA just released uh, for public comment, the new medical examiner handbook. So there's a medical examiner handbook, and I'm actually a certified medical examiner. I went through all the training, you know, because I figured I need to know what the drivers are being asked. Like we can't develop a product for drivers unless we have some idea of what this process is. So they have this, the uh, medical examiner handbook and they have a new kind of copy and guidance out there. But when you look at the sleep apnea guidance, it's very, very vague still. And so there's a lot of people not real happy with that. Um, I don't know if you guys hear any feedback from that, but because the medical examiners don't get much guidance on who they should ask to get tested. So it's kind of variable. There's not a lot of consistency. You know, it's like for blood pressure, they're like, if you have a blood pressure between this and this, and you have to do this and vision and hearing, but the sleep apnea is not really as, as tight as probably people would like it to be, I think, just for guidance. 
yeah, a few years ago they they passed new legislation for DOT physicals. So it used to be like you could walk into basically any doctor's office or clinic, any clinic. and get a DOT physical. And then um, probably two years after I moved to Philly, um, that new rule went into effect. And so there was like a list of doctors that you had to get on that were like certified for mm-hmm. DOT physicals. And there was one right down the street from me in South Philadelphia. And she wasn't a doctor's office. She was a um, like a chiropractor quality of life pain clinic type of deal. So her like 99.9% of all her patients were people that she would just like readjust spines and stuff on. And so I walk into the office one day and I was like, Hey, I'm here for a DOT physical. And she's like, Oh, okay. Hold on. She (laughs) knew that this legislation was coming down and she paid the fine or whatever it was to get, you know, certified for this thing. But like her, um, blood pressure cuff, the, the hose on that thing was like dry rotted because she never used it. Like it was just a complete, <laughs> like I, I, I was like the most quackery office I'd ever been to. I didn't have to like go to the bathroom at the time. So, you know, you have to pee in a cup for the test and there's a, uh, a bottle shop, a beer, beer store right across the street. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in a clinic and she's got like other patients waiting, you know, to, to, to go in after me. And like, we're still waiting on me to like, have to go pee and I'm, I'm drinking water left and right. And I was like, I, I really can't go. And she's like, I'll just go across the street and have a couple of beers and come back. And I was like, really? So <laughs> it was, it was the best DOT physical I ever had. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're right. Cause now in order to be a DOT, uh, medical examiner, you have to, uh, go through training. You have to go to a, uh, a testing center and take a test. And then you have to register with FMCSA. So they made mm-hmm. a little more formal. Uh, yeah. And then you have these forms, you know, that you have to file. So the, you know, the forms you've probably seen, the driver forms, but, yep. and, you know, and, and there's no real requirement for your training, for your medical or, or non-medical training. So, and I think since you have such a wide variety of people who are doing the DOT medical exams, you almost need more guidance sometimes so that the driver walking into the chiropractor or to the nurse practitioner can kind of have similar expectations. So they know themselves when I go in there, this is what's going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is such a wide range. Um, like when I was in the postal service, we had, we had a clinic that we went through first was, um, Concentra, and then they changed contracts, and they had a company called Work uh, Work Confidence, oh. and uh, very comparable. You know, very again, a lot of the, the drivers hated it because they're so thorough. You know, you got these old guys that are in their sixties and seventies, and I think we had like one guy that was eighty or eighty one, still driving a semi. And every time they walk in, they're like, "Oh crap, am I going to make it?" Because well, a lot of those guys, what they'll do is they'll go to the clinic, the clinic will pass them, and then they go to their own personal doctor, and the doc, their personal doctor will will pass them. Mm. Um, and then eventually the higher ups of the postal service were like, uh, no, we're paying you to go to our clinic. So whatever our clinic says is what goes. And I think a lot of guys, and this, this, it was that new rule plus COVID had just happened. And a lot of, a lot of the guys just like straight up retired, like right there on the spot. They're like, we're not, we're not dealing with this anymore. Um, but as far as me, like my last DOT physical, same, same thing. It was, um, just some guy that goes from chiropractor's office to chiropractor's office, and then he's got a big DOT physical bumper sticker on the back of his car with his phone number. And that's, that's how I, that's how I found him. Um, wasn't as like a, you know, he was, he was a good, decent guy, but it wasn't like super quacky. Like the, the, the first chiropractor lady I went to, but I'd say he's probably still like kind of in the middle rooster. What's, what's been like your best and worst experience at some of these clinics? Uh, basically, you know, I use the airport clinic down in Vidas is great. 
you know, great, uh, basically a workers' compensation medical clinic. You know, anytime you have an accident, they send you down there to get checked out and get your physical therapy and all that stuff taken care of. And it's also, you know, one of the biggest DOT clinics in South Georgia. It's pretty all right. The worst experience I actually had of this. Uh, not too long ago, back when I was with Landstar, I actually got stuck up in Maine and could not get home, get uh, get a load home to be able to get to my DOT physical. And so I basically had to go to a CVS Health out in Bangor, hmm. Maine. And this lady, I think I may have been her first CDL physical. <laughs> <laughs> so she was having to get the book out, make sure everything was right. She had to call a regional supervisor, make sure she'd done everything right, and finally got my form working. Oh, man. Uh, fax it off, send it in. No, the, this guy I went to, I was probably his millionth because it was like <laughs> boom, 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 heart rate, blood pressure, Out boom, boom, hearing test, stretch, do this, this, that, boom, boom. Yep. Yeah, those, those guys are paid by the patient, not the hour for sure. <laughs> At least you have confidence that they know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, and... and Again, I, I'm not driving anymore. Or I jokingly say I drive a desk, but I still want to keep my CDL valid and and my DOT physical valid. So um, I went to him to keep yeah. it, to keep it up to date. And thank God I did because you know I got to drive the uh, uh, the plus truck there at the F3 recently, and I wouldn't have been able to do that. I was the only guy with Freightways that got to do it. Everyone else I did a ride along with them, and I actually got to drive the truck because I still had a valid uh, valid uh, CDL. So you know, any other uh, autonomous trucking companies out there that want me to test out their truck let me know <laughs> <laughs> you're ready to go we mentioned earlier about trying to you know reach out to drivers you know to say hey we're on your side um and we talked a little bit about like the the sleep divorces has there been like an attempt to also reach out to like spouses of people with sleep apnea to be like <laughs> hey you know tell them to, tell them to get their butts in yes yeah i think that is that is the way to go too so we're mm-hmm. working with a couple different companies and they're sending postcards to the spouses and we we have um, we're working with Challenger Motor Freight. You know they're out of Canada. Yeah. And they they're we um, they're screening their drivers just voluntarily. Um, you know they've had quite a few drivers that just want to know for themselves, and they all of their healthcare goes through the Canadian medical system. Um, but we have this. They introduced uh, Drowsel. That's the name of our program, Drowsel. Um, hmm, and, it's a good name. Uh, yeah, it's kind of you know, don't be drowsy driving. Use drowsy. Yeah. Um, and so they had this uh, brochure that talked about it, and they introduced it at one of their driver appreciation you know events. And it's funny because now we we put little tags so we know when people register for drowsy, we know where they're coming from, and we keep having drivers register using this booth, <laughs> this booth brochure from months ago, and we're like. Hmm. I wonder if they took that home and their wife has been bugging them. And then they get home and they're like, okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. Here's the QR mm-hmm. code, sign up and use this. You know, So I do think the spouses and the bed partners always the ones to kind of help push it along because you don't always know, right, when you're sleeping. Exactly. You, you don't know. And so they're worried and they want to make sure that, they, that you're healthy and that you can you know, make it safely home. Um, so I do think that that's a good way having your loved ones, you know, kind of help kind of prod you a little bit. And I wanted to let you know too, that if any of your drivers are interested, um, if they go to drowsel.com, so it's D-R-O-W-Z-L-E.com, 
then they can learn a little bit more about what we do. And there's a, um, if they want to do, we just have, we have a home sleep test, but we also have a way that they can just download the app and screen themselves. It's, it's just a way for them to know at home. So there's a, I have a put in a special code, uh, BTU, lowercase, that they can put in there. If they go to the ones for Drowsel Sleep Health Program for, for drivers or for truckers, they can use that code and then they can get a big discount off of that and just download it themselves, see what it's, what it's like. And then if they screen themselves on their phone and they say, okay, I guess I do need a home sleep test, they can even be proactive and push a button and buy the home sleep test from within the, the app themselves. Because you know, my ideal is that the drivers would actually want to screen themselves and know ahead of time before their CDL so that they don't have to be out of the cab at all. And they can just say, boom, here's my compliance. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already on treatment. Here's my compliance and, and get your one year license or, you know, your one year certification. Um, so if, you know, if that's something that your drivers or your audience would be interested in going and checking it out, then we created a special code so they can get a discount and try it out themselves. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's awesome. part of the we pushback, appreciate it. Yeah. I think part of the pushback from drivers too, is like, they're afraid that once they get diagnosed with this, this diagnosis, basically um, it becomes like a black mark on the record and then they can't get, get work anywhere. That's absolutely not the case. You know, it's, it's kind of the opposite. It's if you're going undiagnosed and then you fall asleep at the wheel and you get into a major accident, your career is over. Whereas Every time I've ever gone in for a physical, I tell them straight off the bat, I have sleep apnea, I use my CPAP, here's my results. And then it's like, okay, fine. As long as you're being treated and going through your treatment, everything so far has, has been okay. I have never heard of a company uh, refusing to hire anyone that's not going through treatment yet. Um, are you aware no. of that? And I mean, FMCSA yeah. says that as long as you get treated, you're as safe as other drivers who don't. And, yeah. you know, we ask a lot of the carriers we work with and they, they none of them none of them say that they won't hire drivers with sleep apnea. They just need to be treated, you know, they just, in order to get their CDL, right. They just have to show compliance. Yeah. yeah. And also um, it is reversible too, right? Like, you know, I, I, I still use mine every night just because I think at this point it's, it's habitual and um, you know, it's still got plenty of weight to lose. But as far as you know, like um, with treatment and uh, health lifestyle cho- uh, changes and everything, it's, it's completely reversible, right? Well, you know, I think it, I think it depends on where you start, you know, because mm-hmm. if you look at the statistics, they say that for every 10 to 15 percent of weight loss, your sleep apnea can improve by 50 percent. But I mean, like it depends on where you're starting. Most of the time, most people say that the weight loss, if you have weight loss, it will actually help make it so it's not as severe. But it depends. I don't know whether people are ever able to totally reverse it where they don't need treatment, you know, um, at mm-hmm. all. And so it depends on how much, what your weight is, what you're starting with and how severe sleep apnea is. If you're just mild and you lose a lot of weight, you may be okay, but you'll have to kind of follow it up with another test when you have the weight loss and see, and that way you'll know. Yeah. I, I'm at the point now where I I just do not see myself not sleeping without it. It, it, um, it definitely changed my life for the better. And if you're listening to this and you, you think you might be in a similar situation I was in, definitely, definitely uh, get it checked out. Dr. Underwood, uh, where can people find you online and uh, where can you find more information on uh, Resonia? If drivers want to get in touch with us, we can be reached at 1-877-DROWZL. So that's 1-877-D-R-O-W-Z-L-E. 
And I can be reached by email at askdrkaren, that is K-A-R-E-N, so A-S-K-D-R-K-A-R-E-N at drowzel.com, D-R-O-W-Z-L-E.com. I mean, and drivers, if you have any questions, email me directly. I'm the chief medical officer. I'll answer your questions. If I don't know the answer, then I'll find it out for you. But you deserve to know. You deserve to be healthy and you know, at least have correct information. And if we can help you get a sleep test that's easier, faster, and cheaper, I mean, I I would love to do that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so awesome. much for your generous time. Um, you know, I hope drivers listening to this uh, uh, talk to their doctors and, uh, you know, get the treatment that they need. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been really good. I appreciate talking to you both. Uh, thank you, doctor. But, uh, I guess that's going to be all for us today. We uh, appreciate Dr. Underwood's time and uh, helping talk about the problem with sleep apnea and also talking about her product with Resinia and Drowsel. So uh, uh, once again, I'm James Rooster Bowen here with just Super Trucker Martin with Back Truck Up Podcast, and we'll catch you guys down the road. (laughs) 